1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated, we're going to start off in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and uh, we have started this series a couple of weeks back, four things we must confess. I've taught this on Wednesday nights twice, I believe, but never on Sunday morning. So here we are. The first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. And if you notice, every message that I begin here on a Sunday at Faith Christian Center are the four things we must confess. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. But we need to teach on it periodically so we know the biblical basis for what we're doing. According to God's Word, you are everything God says you are regardless of of whether or not you are presently experiencing all of God's Word in every area of life. People have trouble with this. Well, I can't say that. I'm not experiencing that. Your, your confession of the Word of God precedes your experience. If you wait for the experience until you begin to confess the Word of God, you'll never get there. Say it out loud. My confession of the Word of God creates realities in my life. So God's Word is true, and God cannot lie. The problem is never with God. If your life and your circumstances do not line up with God's Word, then that is your responsibility. That's your fault, not God's. I'm going to be pressed for time this morning, and I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to because I feel like it's what the Lord wants me to do. These are serious days. This is is Romans 1 territory. Man's not worshiping the creator. Man's worshiping the creation. Every kind of evil that could have ever been imagined imagined is loosed in the earth. But none of that negates the individual of their responsibility. This past week, I sent a uh, text to Austin and Christine. I was going to help a minister and uh, help him with his family problems and help him with his lack of uh, money. And it's just as plain to me and as clear as day. And I did this text and they responded and then I edited the text and I I sent a second version. And uh, while I was getting ready, the last morning in Miami, the Lord spoke to me. He said, let him who is ignorant be ignorant still. And I knew what that meant. Leave him alone. 
way back, it's hard to believe the 70s were 50 years ago, but way back in the 70s, Kenneth Copeland was getting a lot of blowback blow and criticism on the so-called prosperity message. And he, the Lord spoke to him and said, I, I want you to lay off of that for a while because it's creating so much strife and division in the body of Christ. And, and Kenneth Copeland protested and he said, well, Lord, he said, you know, the, God's people are doing without. They're driving these old cars. These, these churches are falling down. And he went down the list and, and the, you know what the Lord told him? Let them do without. So that seems like a strong word that if you are not experiencing everything God has for you, that's on you. That's not on God. But this is the way it works. Whosoever will. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God are whosoever will. Now you guys, whatever you do, don't miss the fall power lunch because I'm going to say some things that I've been reluctant to say. But this is it. Because everybody I went to Bible school, you know, I haven't seen them since. They're so far in the back in the rear view mirror. I mean, I couldn't even see them with a telescope. And so one man hears the word, confesses the word, believes the word, take action on the word, takes action on the word. And unfortunately, a lot of people are, it's not that they didn't believe the word, didn't confess the word, didn't take action on the word. They never got themselves into an environment where the word was going forth. Because you cannot believe God any further than your knowledge of the word of God. So in the midst of that text, I was going to send that minister. I was going to tell him which man of God. I was going to tell him which series. I know where the answer is. See, the answer to everything you need is somewhere. Right. Amen. But God's not taking up the responsibility for you getting your information. And God's not going to do that for me. So we have to hunt and we have to search. Oh, and the other thing the Lord said about that minister, the Lord said to me, he's had decades to find the answer himself. So when we say you need to find two or three scriptures that cover your case, this is not just something we're saying because we got nothing else to do. You have to, you have to get in the word of God and root out and search and hunt and find the information you need. And then you've got to actually listen to the greats. Amen. Anymore, there's only three piece, people I listen to. It's down to three. That's it. That's it. I love a bunch of them, but that's it. That's all I do. That's all. I, and then there's one of them I don't even listen to after a certain year because he took a wrong turn. Jesus, my Lord, said, be careful how you listen. So if your life and circumstances do not line up with God's word, then that is your responsibility and that is your fault, not God's. To live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess who you are in Christ. In Christ. Everybody say it out loud five times. In Christ. In So we're not saying we're great and wonderful because we're great and wonderful. We're saying from the word of God who we are in Christ. Say it again five times, in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. And the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. So who are we in Christ? 
We are new creations in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We're not talking about your body. We're not talking about your mind, your will, your emotions. We're talking about the spirit man down on the inside. Say it out loud. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Say it out loud. The old is gone, the new has come. Say it out loud. I've been washed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified. I have new life in Christ. Because the word says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. It doesn't say it's going to happen. It doesn't say it's fixing to happen as we say here in Texas. No. He is a new creation. Who are we in Christ? We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Who are we in Christ? We are complete in Jesus. That testimony reminded me many, many, many years ago. One of the ushers came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I said, about what? He said, well, so-and-so. He said he's wearing a white shirt with a pocket, and he doesn't have a sport coat on or a suit coat, and I can see there's a pack of Lucky Strikes in his shirt pocket. I said, leave him alone. I said, if he hangs around the word long enough, that'll fall off him like leaves falling off a tree in the fall. And that's what we heard in that testimony. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you're not the faith police. Amen. We are complete in Jesus. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Tell your neighbor on the one side, ye are complete in him. Tell the neighbor on the other side, ye are complete in him. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Say it out loud, I'm complete in Jesus. To be complete means to be whole, to lack nothing. Say it out loud, I am whole, I am complete, and I lack nothing. So give up any inferiority complex. Give up any low self-esteem. Just give it up. Amen. Just give it up. Believe in God. Believe in God's Word. Believe in yourself and who you are in Christ. T.L. Osborne told me one day, it's, easier to, it's easy to get people to believe in God. He said, the greater challenge is to get people to believe in themselves. The Bible says, ye are complete in Him. So picture and envision yourself as a new creation. Think, act, and talk like a new creation. Now, I know, I know, I get judged on this stuff, but, you know, I'm, I'm old enough now, I don't care. You know, there's a, place, there's a place we stay in Miami, there's a place we eat at in Miami, and I like it because it's like a car show. I mean, I just sit there outside, we get a table outside, it's like a car show, you know. Uh, Bugattis, Lamborghinis, Ferraris, uh, there was a Ferrari that I'd never seen, and I looked it up, and it's brand new this year. Starts at $507,000. I thought, my, 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 my. And then there's a car sitting out there, and uh, Sue said, what, what does that cost? I said, well, I think about $600,000. And then I found out later it was $3 million. And, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it just blows your mind. I mean, it just blows your mind. just blows your mind. just blows your mind. Then the new Rolls Royce is sitting there, and, I mean, man, it looks sleek. doesn't look so big. People wouldn't even notice, would they? It's sleeker. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be serious. It, it's not so big. They wouldn't notice, would they? They'd notice. But I'm just saying, we didn't go down to the junkyard and, and uh, get, a, get a, a, a chili dog and picture uh, what we might want to drive next. 
Oh, you have to be careful. Because you know, the devil can mess you up if you get too much money. My experience is, 47 years in the gospel, it's more likely to be a lack of money that messes people up because two-thirds of all divorces are filed by women and, and they're all filed, nearly every one of them, on the basis of money. And so it seems to me that it's a lack of money rather than too much money that's a cause of a, a lot of trouble. And if you are sitting here this morning and you have too much money, there's going to be this thing at the end called an offering, and you just give everything that you feel guilty about. Amen. The blessing of the Lord, man. That's what we're teaching and preaching here at Faith Christian Center. Amen. And if you go about it the wrong way, of course you're wrecked with guilt. But if you go about it the right way, of course, then you're not wrecked with guilt. You can enjoy what God has for you. Amen. So don't envision the worst. Don't envision all the terrible stuff the doctor might say. Don't picture all the terrible stuff the lawyer might say. Don't picture. Don't pre-play in your mind all the stuff the lawyer might say. No, no. I'm in talking about negative stuff. Pre-play the positive. Imagine the positive. Envision the positive. Amen. I'm getting dressed this morning. Actually, I'm walking from the master bedroom over to, <clears throat> to the kitchen to throw some stuff away. And uh, the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, don't you see it? Don't you see it? Don't you see it? He said, all they're talking about nonstop is racism. And he said, don't you see it? You get what you talk about. You know, talk about, talk about, talk, get it all stirred up. And what do you have? And so the same thing is true with poverty. Or you get around some people. How many of you have a relative who's a hypochondriac? Let me see your hand. <clears throat> you have a relative? <clears throat> you have a relative who's a hypochondriac? Yeah. My grandmother talked about getting cancer. I mean, every time I was around her, you know, she was a fan of Dr. Kildare. She wrote to Dr. Kildare about her ailments. And you don't know who that is. And uh, until one day a heart attack took her out. So, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. It's ridiculous. Amen. Say, I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in my mind. Nobody's ever going to call me a pudding head. <laughs> you got to watch your mouth. The man that helped us acquire this 55 acres, oh my gosh, he was amazing. He, we, we, we came by this 55 acres, it was actually three pieces, and then we went down past the next exit, and he talked about how his friend had that Alzheimer's clinic, and he had a, a reservation uh, made for him, a spot, you know, because he said, you know, everybody in his family had Alzheimer's, and he didn't have Alzheimer's, but he had some timers, and so he knew he was headed for Alzheimer's. I mean, it's really, frankly, it's amazing the way people talk. Amen. Don't let it, don't, and jo, hey, just because it's cute or funny doesn't mean it ought to come out of our mouth. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, ye are complete in him. Say it out loud, I'm whole. I com I'm complete. I lack nothing. Say it again, I'm whole. I'm complete. I lack nothing. 
So who are we in Christ? We are complete in Jesus. Who are we in Christ? We are qualified to inherit the kingdom. People have trouble with this. I'm qualified. Tell your neighbor, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. Tell the neighbor on the other side, I'm qualified. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. What tense is that? Talk to me, what tense is that? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued us. What tense is that? He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the sunny love. Say it out loud, I'm qualified. And I have been rescued. Say it out loud, I'm qualified. And I have been delivered. So the work is done, it's finished, it's past tense. Say it out loud, I'm qualified and I'm delivered. So stop saying you have this problem or that problem. Stop saying you have this addiction or that addiction. And, and stop, stop saying stuff that's cute and stupid. Like, it doesn't matter what I eat, I gain weight. Oh my gosh. You know, we pick this stuff up from the world, and, and we hear people laugh, and we think, well, it's funny. It's not funny. It's death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Stop speaking failure, worry, lack, not enough, sickness, and death. Stop speaking death to your life and circumstances. Instead, say what God's Word says about your life and your circumstances. Say what God, God's Word says about your health and your physical body. Stop talking about what some relative had and how you, you're going to have it. Stop it. Amen. Stop it. Amen. Stop it. <coughs> you know, and the devil. You know, this week or week before last, something going on in me, and he reminded me of something my dad said. Just stop it. Just stop it. Amen. Don't let it come out of your mouth. It may pass through your mind because the mind is part of the soul, and the soul was never saved. Your body was never saved, but your soul was never saved. Mind, will, and emotions, that's your soul. It was your spirit man that was saved. So you can, have a, you can even have a lustful thought pass through your mind. But Kenneth Hagin used to say there's a difference between a bird flying overhead versus letting a bird build a nest in your hair. So, of course, Satan's working, and, and he puts thoughts in our mind or uh, ideas in our head, but that doesn't mean you have to let it come out of your mouth. Amen. Tell your neighbor, you're in charge of your mouth. Amen. Say what God's Word says about your health and your physical body. Say what God's Word says about your finances. Say what God's Word says about your marriage and family and children. And I know people... I know people, they, they react when they come, and, and I talk about how all of our needs are met, and all of our bills are paid, and, you know, we got plenty left over, amen, and uh, they get upset. They get upset that we didn't pick a car from the junkyard down there while we were eating a chili dog. They're, they get upset. Well, you know, he's not wearing sandals, and he's not riding a donkey, and he's not humble. Well, I am who God says I am. Say it out loud five times. I am who God says I am. And it'll change your life. Amen. 
Say what God's word says about your marriage and your family and your children. Say what God's word says about your future. Say it out loud, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. I've been rescued. I'm qualified. I've been delivered. So, and stop talking about how stuff's got a hold on you. Well, you know, I've tried to quit smoking, but you know, it's hard. Stop it. Stop talking about uh, how diets don't work. Stop talking about how uh, you, you, you can't go to sleep at night without taking a pill. I heard Oral Roberts warn us, don't do it. Don't. He warned us. He warned us because he got addicted. He warned us. And so I found other ways to, to go to sleep at night. The one I have to avoid. I mean, uh, Dad Hagen, he, he, he taught us how to go to sleep at night. Eat a pint of ice cream and you'll go right to sleep. <laughs> but I, I got to find me another way. Amen. So I found me another way, man. I laid me down in bed and I just, I just say a prayer to the Lord. I said, now, Lord, put me to sleep and wake me up whenever my clock's set. I, I, I say I want to wake up two minutes before that because I hate that clock. And, uh, and so... And he puts me to sleep, and I sleep. I sleep the sleep of the righteous. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor, you can't believe this stuff. Not only do I believe it, I'm living in it, and I'm walking in it, and I'm eating the fruit thereof, and I'm enjoying it. Hallelujah. 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 He is my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who are we in Christ? We're qualified to inherit the kingdom. Who are we in Christ? We're redeemed from the curse of the law. That's past tense. Say it out loud. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3:13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Christ redeemed us. What tense is that? Past tense, from the curse of the law. So this is past tense. The action has already taken place and the work is finished. Light and darkness cannot occupy the same space at the same time, and blessing and the curse cannot occupy the same space or life at the same time. Someone is either cursed or they are blessed. And if you are in Christ, then you are blessed and you are not cursed. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. So I'm blessed. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, do you want to find out all that Christ has redeemed you from? Well, read and study Deuteronomy 28. There are nearly four times as many curses as blessings, and Christ has redeemed you from every one of those curses. But why is the curse at work in the lives of so many believers, even though Jesus has, past tense, redeemed them from the curse of the law? Well, because they opened up the door to the curse through disobedience, or they opened up the door to the curse by not being doers of the word, doers of the word. Deuteronomy 28, 15, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God, and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. They'll come upon you and overtake your mind and your own business, and all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. We so read a testimony from somebody, and they were living in that land before they came to Faith Christian Center. A lot of folks here this morning, you were living in that land. It didn't matter what you did. It didn't work out. It didn't matter what you did. You couldn't 
didn't save money. Didn't matter what you did. You were driving a tote the note car. Didn't matter what you did. You were living in an apartment. Paying the man rent. Living in the curse. And, and now it's worse than that and worse than ever because a lot of God's people, are, a lot of God's preachers are telling God's people that that's God. That God's trying to teach you something. Yeah, God's trying to teach you something. He's trying to teach you to open up the Bible and read the Bible and find out how you're not under the curse of the law. You are in the blessing of Abraham. But sometimes we need another beating. But it's not the Lord handing out the beatings. It's the devil handing out the beatings. It's like this COVID thing. The beatings will continue until morale improves. So how can curses come upon you and overtake you if curses don't exist? Deuteronomy 28, 16, you'll be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your, your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed. The crops of your land, the calves of your herds, and the lambs of your flocks, you'll be so cursed. That's where all those veterinarian bills come from. <laughs> Pastor, you're not serious? I am absolutely serious. Oh, brother, how'd I get off on this? Little girl came up to me back at the hotel, back at the hotel. I think it was the first year of pioneering. Came up to me back up at the hotel and said, Pastor Gene, could I ask you to pray about something? I said, sure, sweetheart. What is it? And she said, well, my cat's sick. She was telling me all about her cat. Would you pray for my cat? And I paused for a second because, frankly, at that point, I had never been queried on this kind of an issue. And I paused for a second. And the Lord reminded me of Deuteronomy 28 and how that that your flocks and your herds will be blessed. And I said, sure, sure. I said, in fact, I quoted it to her. I said, you know, the word of God says that our flocks and our herds will be blessed. And I said, you don't have a flock of cats, but you got one. You don't have a herd of cats, but you got one. Let's pray. And so I took her little hand and we agreed together. She came back the next Sunday, told me how God had healed her cat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now see, some of you think that that's cute and you missed the whole point. God loves you so much that he'll heal, he'll heal a critter. Amen. Well, if he'll heal a critter, won't he heal you? Amen. Amen. See, one of the reasons Jesus taught us not to worry in Matthew 7 is because we have a father we can go to. We're not, we're not like the people of this world and they're scared out of their minds and they don't know which way to turn. We're not like that. We have a father we can turn to our father. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 61, the Lord will also bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in this book of the law until you are destroyed. And of course, we've dealt with this in previous Sunday morning messages that verses like Deuteronomy 28, 61 were translated with theological prejudice because Hebrew is not that concise a language. It's an ancient language and there's no way to determine if this verb is causative or passive. So it could very well have been translated, the Lord will also permit every kind of sickness and disease not recorded in this book of the law to come upon you until you are destroyed. But because of the theological prejudice of the translators, they made God 
the one that's causing it to happen. But you know and I know, John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So there's no disease, there's no sickness, there's no poverty, there's none of that that comes from God. It comes from the devil. So tell your neighbor, the curse is from the devil. <clears throat> so turn to your other neighbor and tell him this, so get the devil's fruit out of your life. You go to Deuteronomy 28, you read those curses, anything in those curses shouldn't be in your life. But why is the curse at work in the lives of so many believers, even though Jesus has redeemed them from the curse of the law? Well, because they've opened up the door to the curse through disobedience and not being doers of the word of God. Like the two men in Matthew 7, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against both of their houses. The difference was not the circumstance, the circumstances, the difference was in their foundations. The wise man had built his word the wise man had made the word his foundation. The wise man put the words of Jesus into practice. The wise man was obedient. The wise man was a doer of the word of God. Many believers have been wrongly taught that the curse is normal or the curse is good or that the curse is God teaching them something. Nonsense. The curse is of Satan and the blessing is of God. Say it out loud. The, the curse is of Satan and the blessing is of God. And you're in charge, so stop permitting the curse to operate in your life. Stop allowing the curse to operate in your life. Stop pacifying the curse in your life. Stop tolerating the curse in your life. Actually, Dad Hagen used to say, stop nursing it. Because a lot of people, you know, it's like a baby brought to the bosom. They're nursing their curse. And actually, they don't want to get rid of their curse because they love sympathy. You're never going to get anywhere with God if you crave human sympathy. I remember the first time up at I-30, I told them, don't feel sorry for me. People got offended. Amen. See, the faith man does not need human sympathy. If you walk in the power of God, you have no need of human sympathy. Now, that doesn't mean we don't offer it. We empathize, we pray for others, we grieve when they grieve. This is also in the Bible. We mourn when they mourn. I don't know how I'm ever going to get through this in the time I have because the Lord keeps bringing things to me. We'd barely moved into the first building up at I-30 and there was this couple in the church, nice couple, and they weren't supposed to be able to have children and sure enough, she got pregnant, she had this baby and, and he went the term and he was born, and then he, but he was born dead. And so then we had this woman in the church and she was one of these super spiritual, super emotional weirdos and so I get, there to the, I get there to the funeral home the night of the wake, we call it, in, in the south, and there's the mother in the room with this super spiritual, super empathetic, super whatever woman there, you know, rubbing her back, touching her, and all of this stuff. And uh, you have to understand, if I'm your pastor and I walk in the room, I'm in charge. Amen. 
So I walked in the room, and I, the, the lady, the super spiritual lady, looked at me, and I went like this. Amen. And uh, she left, and, and I just stood there, and I stood there for a moment. I paid my respects, and I turned to the mom, and I said, he's beautiful, totally, absolutely beautiful. But I said, he's gone. I said, God will give you other children. I said, you can take my word on it. Hold me to it. God will give you other children. But I told her, I said, my beloved sister in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no victory in this room. Amen. Let's go. Amen. Do you understand? We were sitting in the Maybe Center one, one day, and uh, Lester Summerall was calling people that were demonically oppressed to the front, and all the super spiritual weirdos, you know, right, right in there behind them, you know, like petting people, which is soulish. It has to do with the mind, the will, the emotions. It's soulish. Do you understand that? How many times have I shook your hand? Countless. How many times have I petted on you? None. Do <laughs> you understand? That's soulish. And when people do that, there's a spirit about it that is not a victorious spirit or worse, hinky. Right. Right. So there's two sides to the coin. And that's what God's got me clarifying right now. See, on, on the one side of the coin, I, can, I don't need sympathy because I'm, I'm walking in the power of God. On the other side, I, I grieve when people grieve. I rejoice when people rejoice. Do you understand? Yes. But I have, to, I have to be a minister of the Word of God to them and not let them stay on that grieving side too long because there's no victory there. We grieve, we let it go, then we go on down the road. Do you understand? There's a man right now that years ago tried to get out of one of these uh, blue states and he came to the Metroplex, got a fabulous job, he worked here a while, but he could not get the price he wanted out of his house. And he never asked my advice. My advice would be take the pain, believe God to make it up later. So now, fast forward to 2021, well now, how would you like to be trying to have a house like that for sale in one of those states now? It's not saleable. But see, we get emotionally attached to stuff. Sue said to me, we hadn't been married that long. She said, you know, she said, I think everything's for sale but me. I said, absolutely. I said, somebody come along and offer me the right price. You know, it's gone. So we... This is all based in this series, Four Things We Must Confess, what I'm trying to work my way through on two sides of this coin, on not needing sympathy, but offering it in ministry, in love, without being weird, on occasion when called for. All of this is based in one concept, that my spirit man is in charge, not my mind, not my will, not my emotions, not my flesh. My spirit man is in charge. Amen. And let me tell you what, if you're going to walk in victory in this life, especially in 2021, you, you can't let your flesh be in charge, your mind, your will, your emotions. You have got to walk by the spirit. Amen. 
We were in Miami and we watched uh, last year's uh, Holy Week revival and even I was dumbfounded. I mean, we put on the first message, Palm Sunday, 2018, and I'm a faith guy and even I was astounded because I mean, within two minutes, right out of the chute, right out of the gate, I'm prophesying all this crazy positive stuff and it all came to pass. And I paused it and I told Sue, I said, you know, I said, I trained my whole life for that moment. I, tr I studied all the study, all the prayer, all the meetings, all the fathers in the faith. It was all getting ready for COVID insanity in 2021, the sci uh, psychological operation they ran against us. I mean, our, our seniors are going on their senior trip this afternoon. No point going to Washington, D.C. They, they, they don't need to see razor wire in the capital of the United States of America. I mean, if, any, if I had stood here and told you this was going to happen two years ago, you'd have thought, thought man, he lost his mind. So I told Sue, all the prayer, all the study, all the fathers in the faith, they prepared me for that moment in time. And I stood up there, Palm Sunday 2018, and I did not say what I was uh, thought about being afraid of, and I did not agree with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Three Stooges, <coughs> and I, I didn't say what the government was saying. I said what the Word of God said. I spoke by the Spirit of God, and it all came to pass, and we're living in the fruit of it. Hallelujah. Death and life are in the power of the what? Tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. But the point is, if you don't spend your life getting ready for the moment, when the moment hits, you won't know what to do. And the problem is, if you don't spend your life getting ready for the moment, when the moment hits, you're liable to blab what you're afraid of. We walk in the fruit of our lips. Say it out loud. We walk in the fruit of our lips. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Sickness and disease are curses. And the Bible tells us how to avoid sickness and disease. Don't you understand? Don't you get it? Don't you understand? All of this <clears throat> is a curse loosed on the Western world. For killing God's children. It's a curse. Well, Pastor, can we can we reverse the curse? Only in your own life and only in your own family and only in your own home. But this country is under the hand of God and he will not let up and he will not relent and he is going to bring this country to its knees for killing his children. The shedding of innocent blood he will not forgive. So how do we avoid sickness and disease and the curse? Well, by observing, doing the Word of God. Who are we in Christ? We're the redeemed. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. Who are we in Christ? We are heirs of Abraham. Shout out loud, I'm an heir of Abraham. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I have standing with God. I'm a child of God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord, and I say so. Christ has redeemed us 
from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. Galatians 3.14, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Don't you understand? We stand here at the precipice of a new dispensation. Don't you understand that before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was no way for the Gentile to enter the kingdom of God? Don't you understand the magnificent work Jesus did on Calvary's cross? He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So 2,000 plus years ago, the gate was open for the final harvest of mankind for eternity for God, and the doors were flung open for the Gentiles. And so here we come, but the age of grace is coming to an end. The day of grace is coming to an end. We are on the precipice, and we are on the brink of the closing out of this dispensation and entering into the next age, which is the great tribulation and beyond that, the millennial rule of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my Father God wants you to walk in victory every day of your life and not live like the world and not talk like the world and not be afraid like the world and not be broke like the world and not be sick like the world, not look like the world, act like the world, talk like the world. But to be the cut above that you are. Because you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. You have been sanctified by the Holy Spirit of God. You are not what the world says you are. You are not what your relatives say you are. You are what God says you are. Hallelujah. And notice the word might. That it... The blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Galatians 3, 7 says, Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. Say it out loud, I'm an heir of Abraham. And Abraham was a man of faith. He wasn't a man of doubt. Abraham believed God. Abraham was a faith man. Paul wrote in Romans 4, 11, he, he, that is Abraham, is the father of all who believe. Romans 4, 16, therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom we believe, the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. He doesn't call those things which are. He calls those things which are not. He calls those things, he gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Well, how can you say your, your, all your needs are met when there's bills in the desk? Well, because I'm saying what God says. How can you say you're blessed in your body when you got snot running out of your nose? Because I'm just saying what God says. How can you say, how can you say you're blessed in your body when there's pain in your body? Because I'm just saying what God says. I agree with God. Stop waiting for God to agree with you. Agree with God. Stand with God. Say what God says. 
In Christ, we are spiritually connected to our father Abraham, to his faith and to his blessings. That's why Paul says in Galatians 3, 7, understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. And Abraham lived before Jesus, before the work on the cross, before the coming of the Holy Spirit. Abraham was a natural man. Actually, he was unregenerate. He was spiritually dead. The day, every day of his life, he lived his life spiritually dead. So how did God bless Abraham? Materially, tangibly, physically, financially. And Galatians 3.9 says those who, have been, those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. And the church world left it behind. The work of Christ, are you hearing me? The church world left it behind. When you find out how God blessed Abraham, you'll understand why so many criticize the blessing part of the gospel. Because Satan doesn't want you to be blessed, and the world doesn't want you to be blessed. But I bring you good news. God wants you to be blessed just like Abraham was blessed. I don't even know what's wrong with Christians. Do they not even read the Bible? Don't they know that Galatians 3 is in the New Testament? It's time to lift up your eyes. It's time to believe God for more. It's time to believe God for exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think, ask, or imagine. God wants you to be blessed just like Abraham was blessed. It's time to stop paying rent. It's time to get out of the tote the note car. It's time to stop paying visa of 18%. It's time to get it all paid off. It's time to walk in the blessing of the Lord. It's time to have what you want, drive what you want, and live in what you want, and wear what you want, and vacation where you want. Hallelujah. And be blessed of the Lord. And so the blessings of God aren't just spiritual. They're material, tangible, physical. The blessings of God can be seen, and that's what they really don't like. I love that area of Miami where we stay because it's Jewish. Man, I was looking for Jewish stuff. I want to fit in. You know, I was looking for a Jewish t-shirts that said shalom in Hebrew or a hat or whatever. But then I thought, well, they'd take me for a peacenik because they don't even know that shalom also means prosperity, not just peace. I didn't know how to do that. Shalom, but the prosperity. Keep the peace, give me the prosperity. But those people aren't ashamed. And you know why God's people don't have anything? Because they're ashamed. They're ashamed and they hide what they got. They're afraid. Those Jewish folks aren't afraid. They know who they are. But according to the word of God, according to the apostle Paul, I now I don't mean any offense by this. People could be upset. But I'm just as much a child of Abraham as anybody anywhere on the planet today. Because I am of the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're not going to catch one of those folks denying their heritage. So why do we have Christian folks denying their heritage? I'm a child of Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout out loud five times. I'm a child of Abraham. We got the church of the Lord Jesus Christ 
<clears throat> letting uh, Abimelech tell them what to do, letting Abimelech tell them when they can hold church, letting Abimelech what to, tell them what to wear on their face, letting Abimelech telling them when they can grill out on the 4th of July and with how many people. They, we got the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and they have let Abimelech run their lives. I'm a child of God, I'm the seed of Abraham, I'm a faith man, and I am not waiting to see what happens in my life. I speak the Word of God, I prophesy the Word of God, I declare the Word of God, I walk in the Word of God, and what I say comes to pass in my life. Hallelujah! I'm not waiting around to see what Dr. I can't even speak the name. It'd be like cussing. I'm not waiting to see what the world says I can do and how many of my grandbabies I can kiss and how many of my family I can get together with on the 4th of July. Hallelujah. I'm a free man. I have been made an overcomer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law and COVID is of the devil. It is not of God and I have been set free. Shout out loud five times, I'm free. Christ. We're heirs of Abraham. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm out of time, brother. The promises of God's word will never become a reality in your life until you plant them by speaking them into the soil of your heart. Did you get that? God's Word, the promises of God's Word will never become a reality in your life until you plant them by speaking them into the soil of your heart. God's Word is given to you as a seed for what you need. So force the soil of your life to produce with your confession of God's Word. Force the circumstances of your life to change with your confession of God's word. Who are we in Christ? Well, the first thing we must confess is who we are in Christ. Who are we in Christ? We're new creations in Christ. We're complete in Jesus. We're qualified to inherit the kingdom. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. And we are the heirs of Abraham. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us not let these little sissy boys bully us into being less than what we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not afraid. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. 
Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.